From BYU Broadcasting's Performance Studio, this is Highway 89. I'm Stephen Cap Perry. Clive Romney has produced over 500 albums. He's appeared in music videos, played guitar, piano, accordion, banjo, or mandolin on thousands of recordings, and written songs for television and film. He's done this for decades. He's a real-life treasure in the local music scene. These days, Clive's greatest artistic pleasures come from using music to share the stories of his people, in particular, the people of Utah. And he's going to do a lot of that with us today. Clive Romney in the studio, along with violinist Curtis Woodbury, percussionist Bob Morphus, bassist Nathaniel Davenport, as a band they call themselves Willingly, a name we'll absolutely ask Clive about, and perform songs about Utah history all over the state to audiences young and old. We're excited about an hour of music and conversation with these guys, beginning right now with a song called The Old Spanish Trail, Clive Romney and Willingly on Highway 89. Manuel says El Jefe just follow the blazes and cairns up the ridge to the top. There's a series of high mountain valleys and several small lakes that will tempt you to stop. But keep climbing till pinion and sage Change to aspen and spruce and sweet meadows of grass Climb some more and you'll find the reward for your work As the jam of this cutoff is laid out before you at last Outlaws and Indians, pioneers and priests, slaves and droves and mountain men I'll tell the tale trail ever devised the one they call the old Spanish trail If I were El Dueño I'd build my hacienda right here on the shore where we stand And every rich don and doña would come here to gaze on the richest fish lake in the land And graze their spent animals on my fine grass it was them that lived here But they'll never arrive For the only way in Would make kindling and splinters Of their fancy carriage, I fear Outlaws and Indians Pioneers and priests Slaves and drovers and mountain men All tell the tale Of the longest, hardest, crookedest Pack mule trail ever devised the one they call the old Spanish trail. What a shame that Rivera, Dominguez, Armijo, Garces, and the answer all missed. What to me is the jewel in the crown of this arduous trail? If by some miracle I could call them together to dine by my lake, I'd insist. That my huge Mackinac be the feast to reward their travail On this trail where outlaws and Indians Pioneers and priests, slaves and drovers and mountains 
of the longest, hardest, crookedest pack mule trail ever devised. The one they call the Old Spanish Trail. and willingly performing live on Highway 89 here in Studio 6. Clive Romney and the band here in costume. I was going to say in character, but some of you, you are characters. Well, that's true. (laughs) (laughs) Clive, tell us about the old Spanish trail, the song we just heard. Well, when I first learned about it, I thought, Wait, that was supposed to connect the uh, bull and goods markets of Santa Fe, New Mexico with the livestock markets in Los Angeles. What business does it have coming clear up through central Utah? Because a direct line between those two cities goes nowhere near Utah. Well, there were three problems with that direct route. First problem, the Grand Canyon of the Colorado. Cuts right across that direct route, and it's pretty near impossible to get across it at that point. You have to go further north to find a decent crossing of the Colorado. Second problem, the deserts of Arizona are exceedingly dry, and chances are really good that if you and your animals tried to cross it, you'd die of thirst, and that could ruin your whole day. At least. (laughs) So the third problem was that if the deserts didn't get you, the Navajo and the Apache would, because they weren't friendly to intruders in those days. But the Ute Indians further to the north were traders themselves. So they were very happy to have the Spaniards explore the network of trails that they'd been using for centuries, if not thousands of years. Well, by 1829, a route emerged that was kind of like a a twisted pair of rope, where in most places it's one trail, but where it comes untwisted, it's several alternative trails. And recently, a long-forgotten alternative trail that goes right up Red Creek Canyon Ridge to Fish Lake was discovered there. And so that's the story of this, how, how this mountain paradise of Fish Lake came to be part of the old Spanish trail. Who'd have thunk? I mentioned at the very beginning, uh, the band is called Willingly, a pretty unusual name for a band. I'm sure there's a story. Yeah, well, we love adverbs. <laughs> no, no, that's not the only reason. But uh, when the pioneers got to Utah, they came because they were expelled. So they decided to say, we came willingly because we had to. Mm. Well, we tell these stories willingly because we feel like we have to. It's a burden. Every story is a burden that needs to be told. All of these songs really are either stories themselves or connected to stories, it seems. Yeah, that's, that's how we do it. When, when I hear a story, it, as I process it, it comes back out in, in terms of poetry and music. Well, give us a clue about this next. Get us over this mountain, Lord. Okay. Well, in 1864, a group of pioneers was sent eastward over the old Spanish trail— to establish a town they eventually named Panguitch, which means fish in the Paiute language. Well, it's so much higher than Parowan, where they came from, that they weren't prepared for the short growing season. So towards the end of the summer, when they were hoping to start harvesting their crops, they got surprised by an early killing frost and heavy snow. Well, they tried at first living off fish and wild game, but they couldn't get enough to sustain everybody. And the wheat heads weren't mature enough to provide any sustenance for them. So they had to find a flour mill 
Well, back over the old Spanish Trail, there was one in Parowan. But the trouble was, there was all this deep snow and an 8,100-foot mountain pass. Mm. So, this is the story of when they got so desperate, they couldn't make any headway through that snow. You know, what they were feeling like. And the rest of the story has to come after. Very nice. We're about to hear Clive Romney and willingly. Again, I'm watching to see what instrument Clive is going to pick up. Guitar this time. I think he plays them all. In Florida, held Alabama mobs at bay Fought cholera at Mount Pisgah And lost three of my family to the grave But this enemy staring back at me Makes me shake down to my bones I'll lose Mary and all the children too If we can't bring some food back home Won't you get us over this mountain, Lord, over this great divide? Part this frozen sea, get me and my brothers to the other side. We trusted you in coming here, so won't you make the pathway clear? Won't you get us over this mountain, Lord? Don't let our journey end. Lydia's beautiful and dutiful And she means all the world to me And leaving her three months pregnant Was worse than leaving me home in Dundee But though I feared I still volunteered Cause there's just no other way I lose Lydia and my firstborn too If I can't break my trail today Won't you get us over this mountain, Lord Over this great divide Mark this frozen sea Get me and my brothers to the other side We trusted you in coming here So won't you make the pathway clear Won't you get us over this mountain, Lord? Don't let our journey end here. There isn't time to build an ark. No wings on which to fly. No path around, no tunnel underneath this mountain high. So, Lord, we need a miracle like we've never needed one before. Like when Moses struck the rock, we need to walk on through to knock at salvation's door. Won't you get us over this mountain, Lord, over this great divide? Part this frozen sea, get me and my brothers to the other side. We trusted you in coming here, so won't you make the pathway clear? Won't you get us over this mountain, Lord? Don't let our journey end here. 
Get us over this mountain, Lord. We're listening to Clive Romney, the backup group, Willingly. Lots of instruments, lots of great vocal harmony. Really fun to have you guys in the studio today. Well, thank you. Pleasure to be here. Clive, a lot of this music is an outgrowth of activities of an organization in which you play an instrumental role. Forgive all of those puns (laughs) at once. The Utah Pioneer Heritage Arts. What is that organization all about? It's a nonprofit that is dedicated to telling stories of Utah and building community by building individuals, uh, building connections with community, etc., and continuing that legacy to highlight modern pioneering, even today. If I am correct, I have seen you go to certain areas of the state, research history, you and others write and then perform songs. Sometimes those end up even being in a book or in a recording and really bringing to life something that when you leave still stays behind for those folks. Yes, we create cultural heritage assets that the community can use. Indeed, Sam Payne, uh, Ryan Shoup, you know, Sherry Call, we've involved a lot of uh, the fine local songwriters in that effort. This next one has a title that I I personally really, really like. We never got to hear the important ending, though, of the last song. Thank you. Okay. Well, there they are, stuck in the middle of the snow, you know, saying, we can't make enough headway. We're going to die out here, and and our families will starve back in Penguins. So what happened is one of them unrolled his bedroll from off his back, his quilt off his bed at home, and he spread it out over the snow, and they climbed up out of the trench they'd been making, and they knelt in a circle, each taking a turn to pray. And at some point in that process, though nobody wrote down who said it, but one of them said, hey, I think the answer to our prayers is under our knees. Look, as long as we're on this quilt, we're not breaking through the crust on the snow. Hmm. The quilt acted like a giant snowshoe spreading their weight over a larger surface area. So they took out another quilt and laying it in front of the first and always pulling the rear one up to become the front one, they started quilt walking over the mountain. 19 miles, Steve! over the 8,100-foot mountain pass and down Little Creek Canyon to Paraguna. And then they got a wagon to take them into Parowan, picked up 700-pound sacks of flour, brought it back to Little Creek Canyon, and again started quilt walking up the mountain, this time with 100-pound sacks of flour on their back. And those quilts still supported their weight. Wow. They saved the town of, of Panguitch in I mean, that way. That just way. sounds painfully slow, but it sure beats you and your loved ones starving. There you go. Yeah. Wow. Well, give us another story, because I love the title of this next one. I happen to know this story, and I'm very excited to hear you tell about Sticky Tatuti. Yes. Well, Jens Nielsen was a Danish uh, immigrant, came across the plains to Utah in 1856, suffered terribly in that, and, and ended up with a double limp, permanently maimed. But his enthusiasm and his outlook on life were never diminished. And he became the spiritual leader of a group called the Hole in the Rock Expedition who were sent to southeastern Utah, the last place in the United States to be explored and mapped because it was so remote and so difficult. Anyway, in the midst of that horrible experience, uh, it took them six months to go, you know, uh, 150 miles. It was just ridiculous. And they went where no wagon train had ever been and where no wagon train ever should go. But Jens Nielsen became the spiritual leader of that and then the Bishop of Bluff for 26 years. Bluff, Utah, where if it's not oppressive heat and sandstorms that get dust and grit in everything, you can't seal it out of your home. So everything you eat has grit in it. 
And if it wasn't that, it was flash floods that would rip out your dams and your irrigation systems, and you'd have to start from scratch again. And if it wasn't that, it was the Native Americans who were upset that you were pasturing your cattle on their lands. And if it wasn't that, it was the outlaws who would hide out in this remote area and come in and, you know, terrorize the town. And if it wasn't that, it was desertions by people who just couldn't take it in bluff. They had to send out their young people to neighboring states to earn money to send back to bluff to subsidize them. And so finally, the leaders of the church said to Jens, Jens, you've done everything we've asked. We release you. And Jens would say, no, we can't do this if we have. And then he tried to say, stick to ativity. And it always came out, sticky to tutti. <laughs> and now if you go to the bluff co-op, uh, over the door is the slogan, sticky to tutti. And that's a, a tribute to Jens Nielsen, who just was convinced that there had to be a way. Good. Well, we're about to hear some Utah history with a bit of a Danish accent in this case as we listen to Clive Romney and Willingly Live for Sticky Tatuti. If you have to change your life and way of thinking, if you have to leave your kindred and leave your home, if you have to cross an ocean and a continent and learn a language very different from your own. If you have to start from nothing in the wilderness and then do it all again a time or two. Don't despair for many thousand folks have done it all before with a method that I recommend to you. Sticky tattooty makes a molehill out of a mountain. Sticky tattooty whittles an elephant down to bites that you can chew. If your duty seems impossible, then this is what you do. Sticky tattooty will eventually get you through. If you're sent upon a quest you haven't chosen, if you must go forward whether you can or not, if moving forward only moves you into danger, and gets you into a tighter and tighter spot. If you have to tame a wild and lawless frontier and pull water from a river that won't be tamed. If you have to take whatever life can throw at you and smile, you need courage of the types that I have named. Sticky tattooty makes a molehill out of a mountain. Sticky tattooty whittles an elephant down to bites that you can chew. If your duty seems impossible, then this is what you do. Sticky tattooty will eventually get you through. And if they give you half a choice, well, then let them hear your voice. Tell them this is what I came to earth to do. Serve my God and do it well, so I won't end up in hell. Doing what I've done on earth my whole life through. Eating dust, fighting floods, enduring heat. Sticky tattooty makes a molehill out of a mountain. Sticky tattooty builds an elephant down to bites that you can chew. If your duty seems impossible, then this is what you do. Sticky tattooty will eventually get you through. Sticky tattooty will eventually get you through. 
Sticky to Duty on Highway 89 coming to you live. My favorite thing was hearing Duty and Sticky to Duty rhyme together, which thing I had never imagined, but which I will never forget. <laughs> Clive, another song here. Set up, set in stone for us. Um, this is another pretty strong character. Yeah, John Rome Moyle, uh, in this case, uh, an English immigrant from Cornish, uh, a Cornish immigrant. He was a stonemason, a specialist in granite. Immigrated in 1856 also, but his handcart company made it just fine. But he was so determined to demonstrate his loyalty, his zeal for Zion, that he wanted to pull his handcart all the way by himself. And he did it, but it wore him down till he was like a walking skeleton when he got here. Mm. So emaciated, and people wept at the sight of him. But they sent him down to Alpine, 22 miles south of Salt Lake, gave him a farm, and he recovered just fine. Well, by the time they needed granite stonemasons in the construction of the Salt Lake Temple, John Romoyle still only had one horse for his farm, and they needed that horse every day on the farm. So what do you suppose this self-reliant stonemason did? He walked the 22 miles <laughs> every Monday morning, and then every Friday evening he would return that. He would get up at 2 a.m., walking at about 4 miles an hour. You can go 22 miles before 8 a.m., and he would report for work at 8 a.m. and then stay with his son, who lived in Salt Lake. Well, one Saturday, as he was milking his cow, the cow got agitated, kicked back the right front hoof, and smashed his leg into an open compound fracture. Mm. And they had no way to deal with that but amputate the leg in those days, which they did. And they figured that that was the end of John Romoyle doing stone cutting on the Salt Lake Temple. Well, John didn't see it that way. As soon as he was able, he hobbled out to the barn on his crutches and pulled out his shaving horse and his draw knife and started fashioning two pieces of wood. One, a long one to replace his missing calf. The other one, a short one to replace his missing foot. And he put a strut on the top of the foot and a slot in the bottom of the calf, put a, a bolt through it so he had an articulating ankle, put that into his old boot, his high boot, strapped it onto his leg and started practicing walking on that contraption. And then one Sunday night, he starts packing his bag and his wife says, and what are you doing? And he said, well, uh, I've not been released from my calling as a stonemason on the Salt Lake Temple. So the next morning, on a very painful wooden leg, he walked the 22 miles back to Salt Lake to continue his work. That's the kind of incredible devotion and dedication that these pioneers had. Isn't there a park named after him in that town now? I believe there is. Moyle Park. Moyle Park, yes. Yeah. Well, let's hear Set in Stone based on this real character from history, a character with lots of character. Give all I have to give 
This is the creed by which I live Flesh and bone, steel and stone Wood at hand and foot Heart and mind, soul aligned The end is understood Day or night, left or right My path is always known To the end that God's my friend My life is set in stone While others are still sleeping I travel my well-worn trail To be where I am wanted Each morning without fail I chisel sacred granite I finish its speckled face And I leave my marks upon it Forever in this sacred place Flesh and bone, steel and stone Wood at hand and foot Heart and mind, soul alive The end is understood Day or night, left or right My path is always known To the end that God's my friend My life is set in stone And when the boxcar took my flesh and bone Below the knee And others thought it surely meant the end To me it only meant another way had to be made To take that walk and make that climb again Flesh and bone, steel and stone, wood at hand and foot Heart and mind so aligned, the end is understood Day or night, left or right, my path is always known To the end that God's my friend, my life is set in stone As always, coming to you live from Studio 6, this is Highway 89. Today, conversation and music with Clive Romney and the band Willingly. You know, that last song had a real... These are songs about people with a sense of mission. Yes. All the people who have that sense of mission did not live in the past. That's Some true. of them are people like Clive Romney, <laughs> <laughs> who it seems to be have a real sense of mission, kind of at a time when a lot of folks are thinking, well, how many years until I do retire? Clive, you kind of reinvented yourself as a musical historian and a traveling troubadour. I love to follow your Facebook post because you're always in some outpost of the state that I've always thought it would be cool to go to. And you're taking pictures of sunsets and sunrises and community activities. How did that happen? I got hijacked by my ancestors. <laughs> um, I, I was conned by my sister, whom I love, into going to a family reunion planning committee meeting. And being a self-employed musician, I had plenty to do. I was determined not to accept an assignment out of that meeting, and I indeed did not. I volunteered for one. I couldn't believe it. My hand went up when they said, who will take charge of the program? 
to make a long story short, out of that experience, I had to, for the first time in my life, research my family history. And the stories I discovered about my grandfather totally changed my feelings toward him. Mm. He was not a communicative man, so I really felt no sense of loss when he passed away. But once I learned his stories, Steve, I fell in love with my own grandfather through his stories. And I thought, wow, if family history research has the capability of changing my heart so dramatically, I need to preach the value of everyone learning their family stories. Now, before you get a mission and sort of a purpose like this, you told us about the guy who, he already was a stonemason before any of that happened. And also uh, with Jens Nielsen, he he was a farmer, he was a hard worker. So I want to talk for a minute about ways you think you, without knowing it, were prepared for what you do now. Countless ways. When I started working for a publisher as a young man, he assigned me the duty of reviewing all of the incoming submissions of people who wanted their songs published. That taught me what it is that makes a song connect. More than any of the uh, songwriting workshops I attended, that taught me because I had to analyze them and not give to my boss anything that wasn't good. So that was in the charge sp- of the slush pile. That's the the, 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 the unsolicited. Yeah. As a matter of fact, it was what Ron Simpson. Ron Simpson, who worked here at BYU. Oh, yeah. He's he's a host of the Tantera Music yeah. Hour. And- he he helped me learn what makes a good song. So that was one. And, <laughs> and, and then, then all the instruments you play was that just as a matter of recording that you just started picking up different instruments that were necessary for yeah partly and then the inspiration of other musicians who are multi instrumentalists and I and you know if I couldn't afford to hire them I'd think you know maybe maybe I can play that and so I'd, I'd try to pick it up and after a while I would learn how to avoid my weaknesses you know I could get the sound of the instrument without being really virtuosic on it and sometimes <laughs> that was enough uh, I, I far prefer to hire other musicians when I can but sometimes all it needs is a little flavor and so and I think being a father and liking games and fun things may have prepared you for another thing that's connected with this which is I see you going around to schools introducing all of this to kids in a way that is anything but boring well, I, I hope that's true, because I, I love doing it. Yeah, we do the awesome Utah geography cadence. Much of Utah was seafloor. And, you know, it's call and response, just like a marching cadence would be. And Yeah, we teach them the geography, which influenced the history, and then we teach them the history. Yeah, so. I did not learn that geography. That's great. <laughs> well, someday well, I'll have to do that for you, Steve. I understand that this next song you're going to give us is tied to the experience that maybe put you on this road. This is a, yes. what I see. Yeah. My own great-grandmother was the third wife of Miles Park Romney, my great-grandfather. And she struggled mightily with that experience, and yet through it came out this amazing nurse, amazing uh, farm wife down in Mexico. They eventually ended up in Colonia Juarez, Mexico. Mm. And all of the trials they went through establishing a town and then having to move the town when they were told they were on somebody else's property— Anyway, she was an amazing lady who never was without a smile on her face. Her family says she just had this trust that God was going to see her through any trial. So she just looked at life differently, Steve, than most of us. She expected so little and was grateful for everything. That's what she saw in life. And that became the song. Yes. Clive Romney and willingly giving us one more song based on true life experience. It's called What I See. 
bone dry hills of what is how we struggle daily for the little we receive I see a land that makes us humble dependent on his mercy to live and eat and breathe you see the moss filled piedras verdes mosquitoes and malaria pain that makes us want to die time for God to heal us, for our faith to lift and seal us to the healer up on high. And what you see is not a lie, it's there for all to see, and seeing is believing, so they say. But if you'll see with other eyes And gaze a while with me What only faith can see Will be as clear as day You see the monster The trials and deprivations All the limitations that keep raining down on me I see a time a loving father teaching a gentle hand that's reaching down to grant my every plea that's what I what I see This is Highway 89. We've just listened to What I See, music from Clive Romney and Willingly. Clive, when you first started doing this, was it just you on the road or is it mostly or how often do you get to bring the great players and the great singers with you? Not near as often as I would like. Uh, Yes, it started out with just me and Though I would love to bring them all the time, you know, budgets don't permit it. But as often as I can, when the budget doesn't permit, I like to collaborate with local musicians wherever I am Mm. and uh, help influence them towards this kind of writing and this kind of performing, performing heritage songs and stories. This is a passion for you. Do you see that sort of catching fire and igniting with various people in, in different areas? I do. They seem to enjoy it and not have never had considered that this ought to be part of their repertoire songs about their ancestors and i'm really intrigued by making art out of this because sometimes books stay on shelves and collect dust but i'm imagining not everyone writes a song but what do you see this blossoming in yeah well art bypasses the logical filters and makes everything memorable enjoyable repeatable and Mm -hmm. ultimately inspirational and so Yes, I try to get uh, visual artists involved in this, dance artists, costuming artists, uh, cuisine. 
everything I can because you can tell heritage stories in so many ways through all of the arts. Can you give me, I'm putting you on the spot here totally, <laughs> can you give me a couple examples of maybe assignments you've given to other writers oh. with different stories and what they've come up with? Sure. And assignments that I've given to other visual artists, for instance, Julie Rogers mm -hmm. and Linda Curley Christensen have collaborated with me on stories. And then I have given, for instance, a story to Sam Payne just lately about Alice Syrett, the 17-year-old switchboard operator up in Kane County in Hatch, where the Hatchtown Dam was being built for the third time. You know, I guess they were slow learners because there were two other dam breaks before this one. And this place. was this huge dam. I was just up there the other day looking out over this broad expanse of land, and this, this reservoir would have been huge. So they built the third dam, and early one morning, Alice got a call from Hatch saying, it looks like the dam, she's gonna blow. And so she started thinking, oh no, who's in the path? And with hands flying on that switchboard, she started phoning up everybody she could think of who was in the path of this dam break. And through her devotion to her duty, she stayed at the switchboard until she had to evacuate. No lives were lost. So she was in the path as well. Yes. Yeah. Wow. An amazing story. <laughs> the song we're going to hear next comes from an adage I have heard before. This comes from the time when I have a great, great, great grandmother who someone wrote of her, she would never waste a pin. Yes. When my grandmother died, they went into her basement and they found a box of little short pieces of string and it was labeled, pieces of string too short to use. <laughs> she could not throw anything away. <laughs> well, it tells you what they came from, that, yes. that, that that was their attitude. Yeah. A collection of things too short to use. That's hilarious. <laughs> and kind of admirable, I guess. Yeah. Let's hear Use It Up. This is uh, Clive Romney with one of his originals together with the band Willingly. Your wedding dress became three shirts, three shirts a dozen square. Those squares with many more became a quilt. That quilt warmed seven children until threadbare and worn out It became a rag rug Not without some guilt When you've got next to nothing Next to nothing means a lot Each little scrap's a treasure So we treasure all we've got Use it up, wear it out Make it do or do without Frugality is how we all survive we don't cry, we don't pout, for all we lack, we have no doubt we'll see these as the best days of our lives. We're saving bags, we're saving streams, we're even saving suds. We're saving ash and lard to make lye soap. Yep, we're even saving chicken bones to suck the marrow out. Flower sacks to make a dress, we hope. We scrape the bottom of every barrel so nothing goes to waste. We eat what some might throw away and savor every taste. Use it up, wear it out, make it do or do without. Frugality is how we all survive. We don't cry, we don't pout. 
relax, we have no doubt we'll see these as the best days of our lives. And though it might be nice to never worry, About running out or getting in a bind Oh no, what we do It's comforting to know we can outlast the hard times If we conserve and use our muscle and our mind Use it up, wear it out Make it do or do without Frugality is how we all survive We don't cry We don't pout, for all we lack, we have no doubt we'll see thee as the best days of our lives. The world's new anthem for frugality. You heard it here first, folks. That is Use It Up by Clive Romney. Clive, I understand that you have a fun way of teaching that to kids. Yes, uh, we, we go through the different iterations that one thing might have gone through. We teach them, first of all, what is necessary to create fabric, you know, wool. Oh, yeah. Where you have to shear the sheep. First of all, you have to wait nine months for the wool to grow, you know. And then you have to shear the sheep, and then you have to clean the wool, and then you have to card the wool, and then you have to spin the wool. And then, anyway, we go through that whole process, teaching them how difficult it was just to have a new piece of clothing when you had to make everything. That you wore. They're just not on a table at Costco, huh? No, no, they aren't. <laughs> so, and, and then how, uh, so that if they didn't throw it away, they would reuse it in a, a different form. A mother's dress might become a shirt, which might, when the shirts are worn out, they would become a quilt. When the quilt's worn out, it would be ripped into strips to braid a rag rug. And then when the rag rug is done, it becomes kindling in the fireplace. And then even the ashes, you know, are used to create soap. And then the mud in the bottom of the barrel, that's fertilizer. And then you're going to eat what grows from that. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) (laughs) It it is pretty amazing. Now, I am wondering, because you started the Utah Pioneer Heritage Arts. Yes. Has this not come to the attention of the state arts committees and, and all of that? What you've been doing over all these years? To many of them, yes. I I serve on the board of the Utah Arts Council as the folk arts representative. Mm. So uh, at least the Arts Council is aware of what I'm doing. And then the schools where we've done assemblies, they're aware of what we're doing. Various people are, but we would would love to do this for many more people because our message of not forgetting your ancestral stories is central to what we're doing because we, we know the power that that has in people's lives. And what it can do to help them come to know themselves. Yeah, I hear how important that is, especially for young people to have some connection that they are from something or or connected to people. Here's an example. I'm just going to pick one of my favorite southern Utah towns, Kanab. Oh, yes. It was used in a lot of westerns way back when. They used to film John Wayne and all those westerns there. It has a great pond below a, a steep red rock cliff that you can go swimming in when it's 105 degrees outside. <laughs> so, But you did a work there called A Canyon People's Portrait. Just yes. as an example, tell me about that. We assembled a committee of stakeholders, and then they nominated stories that they felt were that exemplified the spirit of the community. Mm. And then we curated those down to a a list of 12, 13 songs or stories that we wanted to interpret through music and included a a modern pioneering story of uh, the Best Friends Animal Society. So we get all of those stories together, we assign them out to various songwriters, and then we created a world premiere event of that 
where we presented all of those songs and stories simultaneously on stage and filmed it. And we now have a DVD, which is, again, a cultural heritage asset for them. If somebody wants to learn about the community, they can say, here, here's a fun way to learn about the spirit of the people who inhabited this area and who currently live here. Yeah. I understand there's a symphony connected with that as well. Yes. We commissioned Merrill Jensen, who's a film writer. Yeah, lots film of score. soundtracks. Yeah, yeah. We commissioned him to write a 20-minute symphonic piece called A Canyon People's Portrait. So it's patterned somewhat after a Lincoln portrait, mm-hmm. uh, but much more narration, many more songs woven into it. And it became the signature piece for the Symphony of the Canyons, which is a community orchestra based out of Kanab. They pull from many of the towns all over in larger in the larger Kanab area, you know, as far away as St. George and Page, Arizona, etc. But this symphony has existed for now 22 years, maybe 23. And this we did on the 20th anniversary as a tribute to the Symphony of the Canyons. In a place where you might be surprised to find a community symphony. Yeah, because it's 4,500 people in Kanab. The whole county has only 7,500 people. And if you enlarge the area around it, you know, it's, it's not that many more. And yet they have for 20 years, now 22 or 23, kept a symphony orchestra going. It's an amazing modern pioneering story. You mentioned sort of a signature piece. Yes. I think this next piece, to me, is sort of a signature piece of what you do. It kind of sums up. How did this one come to be? This I wrote right immediately after the experience I had with my own grandfather, Mm -hmm. where I, I wrote a song about my grandfather and grandmother paying tribute to both of them. And then I thought, wow, I need to sum up this experience. That's how this song, which is called Don't Let Them Be Forgotten, came to be. Well, we're set to come to a close, but this is a perfect ending for this. We're going to hear Clive Romney and Willingly as they perform Don't Let Them Be Forgotten. He was a father, she was a mother. They were family to me, and their trials surely would have broken lesser men. They endured them, overcame them, leaving me a precious legacy. How can I thank them for this gift that has no end? Don't let them be forgotten. Don't let their memory fade away. If we let them be forgotten, we're denying their tomorrows and our yesterdays. He was a merchant, she was a poet, but they left it for a dream. Thirst for Zion drew them to this wilderness to dwell. Gave their talents to a common purpose Giving all their hearts and hands could make Now all the lives they blessed No tongue can ever tell 
Don't let them be forgotten Don't let their memory fade away If we let them be forgotten We're denying their tomorrows And our yesterdays Without them So much of me is missing I am less than half a man I have lost my long-term memory And I don't know who I am Don't let them be forgotten Don't let their memory fade away We're denying their tomorrows and our yesterdays. Don't let them be forgotten. What a pleasure to have Clive Romney in the studio with us today, along with Bob Morphus, Curtis Woodbury, Nathaniel Davenport. Thank you, thank you, gentlemen. Great playing, great singing. Together they call themselves willingly, and they perform music based on stories from Utah history for all kinds of audiences, many very young. And you can find out more about the work that they do, others who share their zeal for Utah history, at the Utah Pioneer Heritage Arts website. That's www.up. Phearts.org. I love that they're here in costume. I hope uh, maybe you pictured them that way too, all with their wide brim hats. Uh, Clive always has a white hat. I like that because he's one of the good guys, you can tell. If you just caught part of the show and want to hear the beginning, if you'd like to listen again or share this with a friend, you can do that. All of our shows are archived online for free on-demand listening at byuradio.org slash highway89. Also, follow us on Twitter at BYUH89 for live show updates and special behind-the-scenes photos and video clips. Highway 89 is a production of BYU Broadcasting in Provo, Utah. Our recording engineer is Mark Waite. Our student assistants are Victoria Khalil and Naomi Campbell. And our producer is Sam Payne. I'm Stephen Cap Perry. Thanks for listening. <laughs> ¶¶